welcome to this podcast for established coaching businesses that cracked the marketing code and are now dealing with growth pains and operational challenges that hinder profitability and growth. Hi, everyone. Today, it is my pleasure to interview uh, Ariana Rodriguez. She is a founder of an operations consultancy firm, AR & Co. Today, we're going to talk about the ecosystem of tech for coaching businesses. Welcome to the show, Ariana. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. <laughs> so the first question is, how did you get interested in working with streamlining the processes and improving the tech um, stack, specifically with coaching businesses? Yeah, so I actually was an operations manager, project manager in corporate for a number of years, specifically operationalizing tech solutions for like large hospital systems in the tri-state area. So after kind of working there for a few years, I honestly got a little bit bored and tired of the bureaucracy that is the corporate world and started branching off and offering consultancy services to online businesses. And I fell in love with online businesses. Their nimbleness to implement and move forward allows me to kind of really play on my strengths. So I've been working with them ever since. All right, let's switch to talking about our main topic, high growth coaching businesses. They have so many different tools and platforms that they acquired over the years and you know, they have different projects. And so this tech does not necessarily speak to each other really well or like is not thought out and created strategically. So with everything that you see can, with this type of businesses. So where do you see majority of the customers and clients that you work with? Where do they have those problems and how do you help them? Whenever we start working together and I, one of my first questions is like, what, what tech platforms are you currently leveraging in your business? And then the number of overlapping systems that people give me, there are systems that do the exact same thing listed two or three times just because people decided that they were going to leverage this one particular tech platform for this one particular service, not realizing that they could leverage something else that they're currently using better. So something that I like to do with my clients is what's called process mapping. It's creating workflows of their client journeys, but also mapping out how tech is integrating into that client journey. So really getting really nitty gritty and understanding how data is being moved into moved from one tech platform to the next, how where clients are interacting with your tech, where your team is interacting with the tech, and where those bottlenecks are. Like how many tech pieces are you leveraging in any particular process in your business? And once you have that clarity, it's easier to start nixing systems. It's easier to just say that, you know, hey, these actually we don't need these because the other tech systems that we have can do this job just as well. And what are some of the most common issues or like areas of improvements that you see in like the lowest hanging fruit? Too many pieces of, of tech and their tech are not speaking to each other. They've hired additional team members to kind of manually manage those processes that could be managed by tech if they had strategically considered and thought about their techs. If you're thinking about tech, you can't think about it in a silo. Tech and operations are the foundation of your business, and they're literally the vehicle that's carrying your business forward. So when you're looking at any tech stack, any process, any customer journey, you need to think about how that's going to integrate into your business 
and how the people that you're that are working in your business are going to then maneuver those tech pieces. Now, not everything can be automated and that's fine. But what I've seen, especially at that level, is that they've gotten so used to duct taping things together and then they have the flexibility and capability to hire help where they see hire help where they see deficits and things running kind of like tightly that they don't consider reevaluating the tech stack to better operationalize their processes, right? Or to better leverage their current teams. And so sometimes it is easier for them to hire an additional support there or like an admin who would actually be sitting there in those spreadsheets trying to match things together, upload stuff back and forth. Exactly. Everything's out. We see it happening all the time as well. Exactly. Do you have a preferred tech stack that you would work with? What are the tech stack that you see majority of the people use or you would recommend or you work with the most that is both versatile, but also kind of lean and nimble? Sure. So when we're thinking of this level, we're looking at people who do one-on-one private coaching. We're looking at people who do mastermind, people who do have courses probably maybe have a product-based business that also supports their business. We're like, we're looking at people who have a very diversified income stream. So you need something that's going to be able to house a lot of data and that's going to be flexible. So as you up-level your team and as you up-level the number of customers, or you change services, or you change things around in your business, you need this to also be as flexible as possible. So one of the platforms that I actually recommend is Airtable, and it's undervalued. So a lot of people, when they think CRM, are thinking Dubsado, Keep, are thinking like HoneyBook, are thinking HubSpot, ActiveCampaign, like bigger platforms. And what I've found is something like an Airtable, which is technically a database tool, can be leveraged as a really streamlined CRM, as a group management program, as a one-on-one client management program, as a place to build forms, collect information for your clients, et cetera. I have personally used it as a build client portals that live on top of Airtable. Like it's a really robust system that I think people undervalue. Do I think that it's going to serve for everybody? No. Which is why like me and my firm are what we call tech agnostic. We work within the tech stack that you give us and we provide recommendations based on your business. But since you asked my opinion, I love Airtable. And also Airtable has a ton of automations, like native integrations and automations that make it really easy to build out like really robust workflows. Speaking about the workflows, where, where do you see in the processes or the lowest hanging fruits that you find an opportunity to improve? Lowest hanging fruit, nine times out of 10, is in the onboarding process. So whenever you're onboarding any client, whether it is a, in a group program, whether it's a, a one-on-one container, whether it's a mastermind, whatever kind of group program you're talking about, nine times out of 10, people have overcomplicated it or people are still relying on their administrative staff to kind of do things manually. Or what I also see a lot, especially with coaching businesses, is that they offer like a custom package to a lot of clients, making it very difficult to then automate. There is a there's a fear of a lot of creative businesses that having automations means that your business is cold or it removes the humanity from your business. But in fact, 
It just means that everybody's taken taken care of in the same way. Right. And I think it's something to really like lean into to help relieve a lot of the pressure from your administrative staff so that they're not necessarily working on onboarding. They're working on like more important things in your business. The other thing that I tend to see a lot is how data is managed. Everyone loves to dump data into Google spreadsheets, but no one is understanding how to then leverage the data to actually make decisions or struggles how to leverage the data to make decisions. And sometimes a Google spreadsheet is not the best way to, to like view data. You have to understand what you're looking at to be able to make appropriate decisions for your business or they're just importing the wrong data. So those are, those are my big two. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into the onboarding processes and what are some of the improvements in the onboarding processes? How do you recommend this to be structured? Let's say we are talking about the very diversified income streams. There are many offerings like mastermind courses and products and coaching. And so all of that, how to really take it and start streamlining things one by one, because there's just so many things. Exactly that. You take it one by one. Like you, there's, when you get to that level of business, there's no way that you can sit down and process map an entire organization at that level in a day, a couple of days, a week, even like really the best way to do that is saying, OK, for this one offer for this mastermind cohort, how do we onboard our clients? How are we currently doing it? Are we do they all have to have a sales call? Do they you know, what platform are we using for our contracts? How are we charging them? Are we sending them monthly invoices? Are they paying in full? What is happening with the money? How are we onboarding them once they actually sign that contract, right? What welcome emails are they getting sent? What information are we sharing? Do they have a client portal? Are we sharing coursework with them? Like those conversations from like, hi, I'm interested in your offer to I'm now officially in this container. What does that look like? And not just what does that look like? But then once you realize what that looks like, is this actually how you want to take care of your clients? Do you actually want them to pay before you send out the contract or do you want the contract to send, be sent out first? Do you want to send them five emails after they pay their deposit or do you want to try to figure out how to consolidate those emails and give them a more robust welcome package, right? How is your team notified that there's a new client in this mastermind cohort so that they can send out a welcome gift? Like those conversations, what parts of this onboarding process need to be manual versus what part of this onboarding process need to be automated, right? Where does your team need to know that this is happening so that they can then do the next steps and things aren't falling through the cracks? Here's a tricky question. I know that there's no one fit all type of scenarios. And I know that every business is different, but if we take, let's say a coaching business, let's say they have five to 10 people on their team, they have multiple offerings. Do you have an example of a process to make it more tangible for people and to understand like this is potentially the easiest, leanest, the simplest process for us to onboard. Let's say we're onboarding 50 people a week. How do we onboard? What is the easiest process? Yeah. So at that point, you're looking at like a group program. So easiest, leanest process for something like 50 people a week is people opt into the sales page. They're taken to a payment portal that have the term and conditions in the payment portal, whatever that payment portal is. And then once they pay, they automatically get a receipt or are subscribed to their payment plans. And then they're automatically given a welcome email, right? With information on how to access the group, with information on how to access <clears throat> the course with information on how to reach out for support if they need it. 
And then if it's some kind of group program like that, that's when I recommend that a regular welcome sequence gets sent out so that they know what to expect, that they know how to work and maneuver in the group. Like maybe it's something every three days, maybe it's once a month, once a week, where you're communicating more information about the group, about events that are happening, how to get access to the call calendar, all those kinds of things so that you're preemptively answering their questions and they're not coming to bother your customer service staff with a question that is a quote unquote FAQ and sending out an FAQ is not going to solve it. Like this is really something like one of your welcome emails is going to be, this is how you access our events for as a member. Like one of the welcome emails is going to be the general guidelines of how our community is run and how we expect you to participate in our community. Like this is not an FAQ sheet, like have that accessible, obviously, but like have very specific emails get get sent out so that your people know how to interact with your team and are not then following up and bothering your customer service staff. So it frees up a little bit more time for your team. That is an awesome example. I, now I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into the second biggest, biggest opportunity is the data management and how data can help with the decision making because that is really the bottom line of what is keeping the coaches themselves and their operational team and like revenue teams night which is, yes, we have so much data. How do we take that and allow us to help make decisions? What is the data process? How does it flow from one tool to another? If you have any specific tips or like ideal path, that'll be awesome. Everything should be flowing from your multiple platforms to one source of truth. All of the numbers that you want to look at need to be in one place for you to actually analyze it. So whether that's the conversions of your emails, the conversions of your landing pages, the conversions of your sales pages, your revenue per week, per quarter, per month, whatever it is, it all needs to flow with detailed information. So if you're selling five different products, you need to understand what, how much money you're bringing in from each of those different products. You need to understand what your audience is. And you need to understand like how much engagement your emails are getting, et cetera, et cetera. All of that information needs to flow into one place, whether that's a Google Sheet, whether that's something like Looker, regardless of where that is, it needs to kind of all congregate in one area. Once you have it all in one place, you can then set up a number of different things to analyze it. Like the, the end all be all is having it in one place so that you can see it all together. But once it's there, you can really start talking about creating pivot tables, creating formulas, creating other things to really allow you to process. So you're looking at and you want to see aggregate numbers. You want to see means, averages. You want to see how many people are we onboarding in a given month, quarter, year, and then compare that to the previous year. These things can be built out fairly straightforwardly in almost any like a spreadsheet platform. Airtable will do this. Google Sheets will do this. Excel will do this. Like I said, Looker will do this. It's just really trying to figure out the best way that you as a CEO need to see the data so that you can make the appropriate next decisions. Very helpful. Now, follow-up question to that. Yes. Are there any reports or anything that you would recommend people, the decision makers, the C-level, the owner, the COOs and the operations team look on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Any reports like that that you know, like, if you don't do that, then this is an area opportunity that you are just not aware about at all. Other than where your money is coming in, because obviously you should be looking at how profitable any of these offers are, you really should be looking at conversion rates when it comes to sales and landing pages, mainly to see if something's not working, right? If you're tracking this on a monthly basis, 
you can see this all of a sudden a big dip and understand like what's going on. Something else that's that's harder to track, but I think that is really important is gra- grabbing themes from the Q&As that are coming into your customer service team. Harder to track, but I think that it's also really, really important. So if people are asking the same question, where can you better respond to that question or answer that question in your sales page, in your landing page, in your inf- in your webinars, in your information, whatever. So one, looking at your conversion rates and making sure that they're staying, for the most part, pretty steady. So make sure that nothing is actually like mechanically broken. Because I've seen that happen in seven-figure businesses where all of a sudden a link breaks and your like attendance rates go from like 80% to like zero in like a week and a half. And then I've also seen where like the the people asking questions about the course, the mastermind, the whatever, follow themes throughout the year. And then we have leveraged those themes to produce better sales pages so that those questions are answered preemptively. Again, to, to save time for the customer service team, to like anticipate um, needs from your clients. Like right at the end of the day, if you're a coach, your clients want to feel taken care of. So anticipating as many needs as possible to your clients it's going to give them that much more trust in whatever you're trying to sell them. One recommendation that I personally have when we're talking about those reports is a lot of the times we're trying to automate everything, at least in the beginning. And in the beginning, I find that it's so much more impactful for us to actually start filling out those things, those spreadsheets manually. Now that we know where those things are coming from, what this number means, and once you're able to start digging into and you like know, okay, I got 50, I don't know, people here. Mm-hmm. And I am able to dig into those 50 people to see what's happening and who they are and where they come from mm-hmm. and to answer additional questions that I would not be if I had to start all of this, to, to do this, all of this automatically through some kind of a system in the beginning right away. So that's why like a spreadsheet, even though I'm pretty sure like majority of you already use that. So, but being able to answer the question why is this 50? Like, why is it not 49? I thought, is it really 50? I thought it was 30. So now let's start digging because it's so easy to misinterpret or misplace some of those numbers. And months, if not years later, understand, oh, we've been counting or like looking at those numbers all this time wrong because this number is not the the number that we thought it represented. (laughs) For the most part, almost every platform will have definitions of what their data means. So really leveraging those definitions to make sure you're pulling the right numbers. Like I've seen that exact example happen in seven-figure businesses where they think that this number means one thing. And then I go and look at the definition. I'm like, actually, you're looking at the wrong number. We're pulling in the wrong data. Your your whole analysis is incorrect because you're not looking at this. So like, yes, I agree with you at the very beginning. Like it's nice and under, to, to, it'll help you get a better understanding of <clears throat> of what the numbers mean when you're putting in this information manually, especially when you're doing calculations on this on these numbers to understand like what it means, but also really leverage the tech and like look for those definitions because it will very clearly tell you this is what this number means. I love it. Thank you so much for adding such a crucial piece of information. Different tools rep- like show numbers differently and they, they include different things into this definition. So seeing exactly what it means is so, so important. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Awesome. I run out of questions. This was a very awesome conversation. Anything I forgot or missed to ask you that you think is important for our listeners know about? I think that it's really important to think about 
tech, not as a standalone, but as an integrated part of your business and how you can best meld it with the operations so that it works well for you. When you're looking at tech, you're not thinking this is the cheapest platform or this is the so-called best platform. You're, you really need to think about it strategically and say this platform is actually going to work with my team, my business model, my current tech stack. So I'm doing research for a nonprofit right now, and they are looking for a new donor management firm. There's thousands of them out there. How do you find the best one for you? And it's really sitting down, understanding your, your baseline requirements, and then finding the tech that is going to meet those and work well with what you currently have built out. Not necessarily following the trend. Love it. Tell us a little bit more about your agency and where can listeners find you? Yeah, of course. So Ariana & Co. is an operational and tech consultancy agency. We work with CEOs scaling and growing their company to really build a operation and tech foundation for their company so that they can tackle like their bigger projects. We, we work with a lot of visionaries. Like They never want to stop at one business. They want to have like those diverse businesses. Excuse me. You can find more about us at arianarodriguez.co. So arianarodriguez.co. I have a podcast called Stories of Scaling, where I talk about different case studies and ways that I have helped to streamline processes for a different clients of mine. And that's really it. <laughs> awesome. Ariana, this was my pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Natalie. It was great being on here.